Hello and welcome to another episode of Back to Britpop. It's me, Chris. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Saffron Sprackling of the band Republica. The band were formed in 1994 and had two albums. The self-titled album Republica was released in 1996, followed by Speed Ballads in 1998. Saffron talks about her musical influences and how the band formed, getting signed, and future recordings, and hopefully some live shows. I was so lucky to get hold of Saffron uh, for the podcast. She's been incredibly busy over lockdown. I'll be back at the end of the interview just to talk about how you can support the podcast. But without further ado, here's Saffron. Welcome to the podcast, Saffron. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, Chris. What's your lockdown experience been like so far this year? Well, um, I chose to um, be a frontline key worker, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's been pretty hectic, quite traumatic, heartbreaking at times. But, yeah, I found something that liberated me, basically, when I w- wasn't able to uh, be performing. So, yeah, it's been really good. That's amazing. It's, it's surprising, isn't it, how many people have, um, have sort of volunteered their time and, and, uh, and not just stuck to the normal kind of process of just uh, at home yeah. and it's it's commendable so the, the the podcast as i as i mentioned off mic there was just about uh connecting with bands from the 90s and and reconnecting with um music that was a time at a time was an, a, an explosion of artists and sounds but i wanted to also reconnect uh saffron with you in terms of you know what got you into music in the first place and kind of your your route into into the band um well, I, I grew up um, kind of listening to John Peel under the duvet, <laughs> um, <laughs> like <laughs> tuning in late at night when I was supposed to not be. Um, yeah, you know, saving all my pocket money up to, to go and buy vinyls on a Saturday um, and and going to see uh, you know lots of early gigs of bands like, um, I don't know, The Jam, uh, Simple Minds, Human League, I was really into electronic music uh, very early on and indie music. Mm. Um, so I saw The Cure, The Bunnymen, um, as well as bands like The Specials and stuff at the time when I was growing up. Um, yeah, which kind of um, inspired me really to, um, you know, write my own songs and, and, and get into music. Um, so kind of in 1988 when Acid House Music uh, blew up in, in I was in London, um, you know, I got together with a couple of DJ producers who, who were in a band called Enjoy, um, and I started, that was my first band. We started doing loads of, loads of uh, gigs and illegal raves and stuff. And then uh, I got signed uh, as a songwriter to Warner Chapel Music for publishing uh, and Warner Records um, as a solo artist, but I decided that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in, uh, in a band, form a band myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I went to Deconstruction Records um, and told them they needed to sign me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they told me to go away and get a band together um, and in a month and come back and get some music, which was exactly what I did. And they signed me. So luck should have it that I bumped into Tim Dorney, who um, was in the band called Flowered Up. And uh, we got together and joined uh, Mail. And, we, and we, we, yeah, we, we started writing songs together. And that, but you know, that's how, how my band was made, really. 
I was going to say, in terms of the songwriting process for you then, what were you kind of drawing on as inspiration? Because the songs are different in terms of like their upbeatness and their kind of outlook yeah. for the time. Mm-hmm. Well, we, uh, we always wanted to um, kind, kind of meld um, acid house music um, with songs, sort of indie punk songs, as it were. Um, yes, yeah, so, so we just bought lots of equipment ourselves and mm. um, built, built our own studio. Um, and we wrote, um, we still do write and produce all our own music. And we just did loads and loads of gigs and did all the university circuits at the time. And Britpop was kind of um, around and, you know, all our friends were in bands. And it was just a really exciting time to, to be in London and, 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 you know, be in Britain at that time, you know, for, for music. But there wasn't always kind of... Uh a great experience for everybody especially women in the area in, in that era as well but did you find yourself having to be like to perform or act in a certain way to fit in no no I'm, I'm not at all um uh certainly it's very difficult for, for women uh, but we, we've been very um lucky in that we've been signed by uh head of rca in america so we've been touring america a lot and um just at that time, they had only just started to play this women-fronted bands who were like it to them, like indie rock or modern rock, as they would call it. Um, and it, you know, likes of garbage and no doubt, and the cardigans and stuff. So um, we we were kind of lucky in in, in that we were, had already been uh, successful in in the states, and we came back to England just as you know. Uh, the stations were were adding um, women fronted bands uh, to, to to the playlist because that they weren't playlisted before. You yeah. And um, so it so it wasn't easy. I, I can't say it was easy, and we had to smash down quite a few doors. But um, because my band, they were, we wouldn't still are a gang of friends. We, you know, it wasn't. You know, we weren't at all manufactured anyway. We just kind of, um, you know. It's definitely like a refreshing sort of sound to what was kind of like a, a very backward facing kind of genre of musical or kind of era um, looking yeah. at the 60s and 70s to having this, like you say, bombastic kind of not grungy, but kind of like that uh, electronic sound as well. And almost like yeah. harping back at some of the like the punky elements of the 70s. And that was always kind of like yeah. your manifesto, really. Was that like your game plan? <laughs> It was definitely a manifesto. It, it, it was definitely um, punky as I, how I sing, um, but also it was very big choruses because um, I think more from the acid house era, you know, cause that kind of big, it builds me up to big choruses was our thing, and still is really. Um, Cause yeah. I'm, I'm guessing um, as well, because, you know, the, the, the music and, and the songs that you created, they do fit either like the small sweaty venue and the like um the festival circuit as well because of that anthemic yeah. feel to them but yeah those are the well those are the two venues that we love to play the most we, we, we don't really like playing big big places and stuff where we can't sing the nauseam yeah <laughs> yeah i mean every band would be lying if i said they didn't want to get to wendy which we did get to Wembley, but we <laughs> we, <laughs> we hate it because we couldn't see anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah was there any kind of going back again a little bit? Was there any kind of female uh, singers and artists around the time, or perhaps before then, that you were kind of not um, 
not idolizing, but kind of uh, reference points for your vocal style? Uh, well, absolutely. My fa- my favorite things growing up were like um, Toya, Polystyrene, Susie and the Banshees. You know, um, um, you know very much. Um, Hazel Connor, um, those kind of singers as yeah. well. But also always very individual singers. Um, um, British singers like Ian Jury, I love John Cooper Clark, you know, Terry yeah. Hall, uh, Paul Weller, you know, people that had a bit of bite to them, to their style, um, um, and were also very good songwriters, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, th- those kind of people I, I really looked up to, and also people like Robert Smith and Gary Newman and people like that, um, who um, were very unique, you know. Yeah, because I noticed it was in. It, it, like the the vocal style, the almost like the attack of the vocal is kind of what draws your attention straight away, isn't it? And that's kind of what differentiates you with with a lot of the music of the time. Yeah, I mean, firstly, everybody didn't, you know, everybody hated it, which is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was that whole kind of punk Malcolm McLaren, um, you know, yeah. Alan McGee, you know, ethos of like we want you to hate you. They we want everybody to hate you because then you're relevant, then you're different, then everybody talks about you. You know, because I, I work with Joel Wobble as well from Public Image Limited, and and he told me and, and taught me quite a lot about the business and stories and stuff about those early punk days, which um, you know really helped me. Um, and Nick Jones as well from the Clash with early champion dust came to our first ever gig. <laughs> yeah. So we only had a, we only had three three techno songs. And yeah. um, and also Matt Johnson from Further, you know, he was a friend. And because uh, he ha- he had his studio next ne- nearly next to ours in Hopson Square in London. So yeah, we 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 had some good, really good friends that we looked up to that kind of championed us. That kind of like you know just told us don't worry about what people think about you. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. You know? and stick to it which is what we did yeah and in terms of like writing or keeping going with the material for the second album yeah. was there a how challenging was that for you because I, I imagine you would have been on the road a lot of the time and and like yeah. fitting in songwriting so how did that work yeah um it was yeah i mean any any band second album is very difficult um but yeah i mean obviously we were traveling so much at the time and um and stuff and um, so for speed balance it was difficult because um it you know that that sort of continuation from where we had done the first album then toured and toured and toured everywhere and um we're still touring at the time sort of thing um but it also didn't help that our label collapsed <laughs> our yeah. record label in england collapsed at the same time so it was very very uh, frustrating for us because um, no, none of our albums were in the shops because they hadn't manufactured them. So, yeah, so yeah, at some point we're, we're still fighting to get that re-released, which would be nice for the fans and stuff because it never got released properly in England, let alone in, in America or anywhere like that. So, yeah. Um, but but you know, we, we carried on and, and we've done a few few other EPs and albums, and we've just got a new album. Well, we had a new album. Um, ready for release just before the lockdown so we're hoping that we can have that out um, either the end of this year or beginning of next year sometime um, and, you know because we've booked some festivals from June onwards so 
fingers crossed we'll be back out there soon. Oh yeah, saw so your tour dates and things are coming up, and it must be really yeah. exciting, especially after the year you've had as well, in terms of putting, yeah. putting, sacrificing a lot of your time as well, and then having, and then being able to do what you really enjoy. It must be really exciting. Oh God, yeah. I mean, yeah, I miss my music and so much, and my band, my music, the fans, and and just 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 being able to go out and meet people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what's is this new album uh, sonically that's uh, in the yeah. same vein? Is there sort of other elements that you've been able to draw on over the years? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I, you know, if anything, it's more electronic, um, and yeah, it's still got some big choruses and stuff, um, which is our thing, but. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think electronically, um, yeah, that, that that's the main influence to it. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like us, I guess. It's difficult to describe your own music. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic to speak to you, uh, Saffron. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, and good luck with everything in terms of, like, getting back to normal. I'm, I'm fingers crossed for everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm just so excited to be back out there and uh, yeah I mean to this day you know we're still very very good friends with lots of the Britpop bands Ashton, the Blue Tones Happy Mondays, you know the Roses you know we we, um, we love and adore all, all of them you know um, one of my favourite bands from that era was Jean you know I know yeah. that's but I know that um, Sleeper are back together, which is really exciting. Um, I met I saw Louise Arena just before lockdown, um, and she lives quite near me. Um, yeah, so we're just really excited because we're going to be doing a Shine On weekend uh, later later in the in November with a lot of those guys. So yeah, that'll be a good party. Oh yeah, it's definitely something to to look forward to and to come back to. It was saying about um, sort of camaraderie with all those, those that those bands from that era. Was there any other? Comp- yeah. Was there competition yeah, as well? They're really good friends with us. No, with us not at all. <laughs> well, maybe it's because because of my gender, I just don't know. But yeah, we're just friends. We, we, I think we're well known for reputation being mates with everybody. Um, but um, yeah, so there was yeah, there was never any um, rivalry for us. I, I, I saw, and there was for, for, for some of the other bands. But hey, you know, it's 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 all positive, you yeah. know, because at the time people were just writing such great songs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, thank you. I know it's been a short one, but I, I appreciate. I really appreciate your time, you're um, welcome. Saffron. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome, Chris. Thank you. Take care. Okay, love. Thanks again to Saffron for speaking to me for the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure. So if you want to support the podcast, there's loads of ways you can do that. Loads of you have already done that as well, which is really much appreciated. Um, Write a review on iTunes and leave a rating. That's fantastic. I'm on social media, so just search for Back to Britpop on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. That's where I usually do most of the tweets and posts and what have you. And if you want to support me financially, you can do. There's a link in the show notes to the Ko-Fi page that I have, which just allows you to buy me a coffee for £3. We're coming to the end of season two, I think. Hopefully there's a couple more episodes left in the tank. So hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Take care.